You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. One of the one of the things that comes up time and time again whenever you you know going out meeting people, visiting, it's that a lot of people are not sure about things. They haven't the assurance that you say that they would like to have. They sometimes sing hymns that speak so clearly about assurance. Like, we have an anchor that keeps the soul fastened to the rock that cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. Or Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will look after us. It's a tremendous note, note of assurance, but, but then sometimes you would say, people would say, but, but I seem to be able to echo far more Psalm 13 where David says, How long, O Lord, will you forsake me forever? How long, O Lord, will you forsake me forever? I wonder, I wonder how often have you had doubts? How many people haven't had doubts? I think most people have had doubts at different times. That's why in the children's talk, I was speaking there about doubting castle, because doubting castle in many ways is very real. Very, very real. You say, but maybe you say, but not really. I haven't had any doubts. But, but whenever, whenever a time of great sickness comes, whenever a terrible tragedy comes in your family or to you yourself, have you ever just simply wondered, why did this happen? Maybe sometimes some people even blame God or they're angry at God. You see, something like this happened whenever, whenever Lazarus died. We know the story very well. We know about how Lazarus was raised from the grave. But when you think of the, the whole lead up to it, the two sisters, Mary and Martha, saying over and over again, Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, verse 21. So let's think about this story again this morning. It's a well-known story, and it's one, that, it's one that really we should be clear about. The first thing is that, that Jesus, of course, had not been there whenever Lazarus took sick. He had not been there whenever Lazarus, Lazarus died. In fact, we know that he tarried another two days. The verses that we didn't read, he, he, he tells us that he tarried uh, some more days before he, he actually started, he started to move in verse 6. Why did he wait, you say? Why did he not come immediately? And so Martha asked the question again, you see, if you had been here. Now, what, what did Martha mean whenever she asked that question? Well, if you had been here then, you would have healed Lazarus. That's most probably what she meant. You would have healed Lazarus. But then, could Jesus not heal from a distance? Of course he could. 
But then maybe it was, if you had been here, why did you not come whenever we sent for you? Why did you wait for another two days? Or if you had been here, Lazarus would not have died. Why? If you really cared, surely things would have been different if you really cared. And you can almost hear the, you can almost hear the anguish in Martha's voice and Mary's voice as they, they ask these questions. Now, the thing is, you might say they have, you'd say, have they not a, a right to ask these questions? Because you remember the wonderful relationship that this family had with the Lord Jesus. Whenever you look at whenever you look at uh, uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter ten, and uh, round about verse thirty-eight, this is the home that Jesus loved to go to. Whenever he came to Bethany, he went into their home, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and we're told that in that home he taught, and and we're told that the, the, that Mary sat at his feet and and listened. And that's the that's the the, the the home where, where, where Martha gets the rebuke in some ways. Do you remember? She was so busy in the kitchen, but I'm sure you ladies could uh, take in what, if you had 10 men or 12 men landing in on you, you would think you'd have to get busy in the kitchen. Well, Martha was busy in the kitchen, but Mary, she didn't help. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And do you remember what Jesus said? Whenever Martha said, tell my sister to come and help me, Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. That is to, to, know, to know him, to know Jesus. But it was a place that Jesus loved to go. And it, surely that should, be, that should be the case in our homes as well. Our homes should be places where, where the Lord Jesus is loved and, and he's listened to. Every home should be a place where the Lord Jesus is loved and listened to. But the Lord Jesus, of course, loved them. It tells you, it tells you in verse 5 of chapter 11, it tells you there that, that Jesus, Jesus loved Mary and Mar Martha and her sister and Lazarus. What a wonderful statement Jesus loved, a love that was undivided, a love that was total, a love that would never have hurt them. Surely you would never hurt anybody that you loved, would you? But yet Lazarus dies. He dies. And the sisters say, if you had been here, if you had been here, Whenever you think about the love they had for Jesus and the love he had for them, and yet Lazarus dies. You know, it, it tells us very clearly, you know, sometimes, sometimes we have to... God's people are not immune from trouble. God's people are not immune from trouble. Just, just might say, but look, if I follow Jesus, surely I won't have any... I won't have any sickness. I won't have any... No, no, that doesn't follow. God's people are not immune from trouble. You, you, you can face trouble and I can face trouble. But of course we face it with him. But we don't ever think that you, you can get through life without with even following Jesus and without trouble. 
So the Lord Jesus then comes then. He comes to, to Bethany in verse 20 where we started our reading. After two days he comes. And now all the doubts and the confusion of the sisters are poured, poured out uh, on Mary. Imagine the, the confusion, the confusion in that house. Whenever you think of, again, of Luke chapter 11, it, it had been Mary, Mary who had been found at the feet of Jesus while Martha had been so busy in the kitchen. But now it was Martha who runs out to meet Jesus, runs out to meet Jesus, and Mary sits in the house. Now you have to ask yourself, why did she sit in the house? Why did she not go out and meet the the Lord Jesus? Was it because she was so disappointed? Was it because really just it was what had happened was just so awful? Mary didn't come. Her brother was dead. You might she might say, "What's the point of going out now?" But you see, the Lord Jesus is the one she ought to have come to. She should have known and realized that he alone has the words of eternal life. Martha came out to meet him and with all her problems and doubt, but still she came. But Mary sat in the house. Listen, listen, don't sit in the house whenever trouble comes. Don't sit in the house whenever difficulties come. Come out and share them with God's people and ask God's people to pray, pray with you and pray for you. Don't, don't sit in the house and, and, and shut yourself in like a hermit. Mary, Mary was doing that. She had all her problems, but she didn't come out to Jesus. Oh, there were others who did that in the Scriptures. You remember Elijah ran away. Elijah ran away. He couldn't face the wrath of Jezebel, and he complained to God, I'm the only one left, but he wasn't the only one left. What about the disciples in the boat? Jesus was lying, sleeping there with them. And they, they woke him up and they said, Do you not care? But of course the Lord Jesus cared. How can, how can we at times think like that? But sadly, some of God's people do think like that. Mary stayed in the house. Martha came out, even though she was greatly disappointed, out she came. So we need to do that. Remember how the old hymn says, what a friend we have in Jesus. Are you cumbered with a load of, prayer, a load of care? What should you do if you're cumbered with a load of care? Take it to the Lord in prayer. That's what you do. You don't bottle it up. You take it to him. So let's move on then. In verse 22, we're told that Martha believes. Even though her brother is dead and lying in the grave, she knows that whatsoever Jesus asks of God, God will give it. It's, a, it's really, you might say, a glimmer of hope in the, in the darkness. But you see, Martha doesn't seem to understand the, the true relationship between God the Father and the Lord Jesus. I think it, it seems as if she thought Jesus was some sort of a prophet. And because he would pray, then, then God the Father would hear him. She didn't seem to understand. And then the wonderful thing is Jesus explains to her. Explains to her. 
verse 23. Notice again what it says in, 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 verse, in verse 23. He says, your brother will rise again. And then he goes on to say, or Martha says, I know he will rise in the resurrection of the last day. The Jews believed in, in the resurrection. They believed that, 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 that they would rise. There are many references. Psalm 16, in thy presence are as fullness of joy, and at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 17, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy, thy likeness. Isaiah 26, but your dead shall rise. Awake ye and sing ye that dwell in the dust. The, the Jews believed in the resurrection. But that's not what Jesus meant here. Jesus was pointing to the, the fact that Lazarus would rise whenever he would speak and he would, he would come from the grave. In a sense, you see, Martha had a general faith, but not a personal one. She wasn't able to say, I know, I will, I am sure. She, she has this general idea of what will happen, but not, she hasn't, she hasn't, she doesn't understand really what's going to take place. And so we see then in verse 25 that Jesus explains the truth to Martha. And here you have one of those great I ams, or there are seven of them throughout the scriptures. I am the bread of life, I am the door. And here you have this one, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection. In contrast to death, Jesus is the life. Death came by Adam, but life by Jesus Christ. You see what needed to be done Martha needed to understand. Martha needed to be taught. She needed to have her understanding open to the truth of God. Only when that was done would there be peace in her heart. There'd be joy and peace and believing. And you notice how the Lord Jesus teaches. Do you notice how he teaches these, these verses? He tells us, emphasizing the, this glorious truth. He says, those who are dead shall live and those who are alive shall never die and all this is linked to believing in him he who believes in me will live even though he dies and whoever lives <coughs> and believes in me will never die do you believe this Martha do you believe it those who believe and are, are alive at his coming shall never die. What a wonderful assurance that is, isn't it? To know, that, to know that in Christ, those who are dead, those who have died in Christ shall live, and those who are alive shall never die. That's the hope of, that's the hope of glory. That's the assurance of eternal life. And Mary needed to understand that, and Martha needed to understand that. That in Jesus there is life, no matter whether we're called from this life or remain until he comes. The end result is the same, eternal life in Jesus. Eternal life in Jesus. 
And Martha has come out, you see, to meet Jesus with all her doubts, with all her fears. But this is what she must understand, that Jesus, Jesus is the life. And surely that's what we need to understand, isn't it? Every one of us to be able to say, Jesus is the, the way, the truth, and the life. There is no salvation apart from Jesus. Listen, young people, there's no salvation apart from Jesus. He is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. Without him, there is, without him, there's no salvation. That's why we, we, it, it, it must be, it must be your desire only to, to know Jesus. To walk with Jesus. To know him as your own Savior and Lord. So whenever, whenever, whenever trouble comes, it, you will understand and you'll still trust in him and know that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. We will not be cast down as if God has failed or as if God has let us down. Do we understand these things as we ought? Do we understand them as we ought? You know, way back in verse 4 of this chapter, if you look back at verse 4, it tells us there that, it tells us there that this sickness will be for the glory of God. This, this death has been explained, really. It is for the glory of God. Now, that sounds a strange thing to say, doesn't it? Paul in Philippians chapter 1 put it like this. He said that Christ would be uh, 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 magnified in his body, whether it be by life or death. Now, you can imagine, you can imagine some, uh, God being magnified in a, as a person lives, but how, how does it work when a person dies? Well, you see, Paul put it very clearly. He said, in death, Christ is all also magnified. Jesus has conquered death, and Paul would be raised to heaven. Christ exalted even in death. But let's look at the final verses of this chapter, or the ones that we read. Lazarus is raised. Lazarus is raised. Mary and Martha are united with their brother. But more than that, of course, God was glorified. God was glorified. The Lord Jesus was not a disappointment to them. There was plenty of sorrow. There was plenty of pain. There was plenty of trouble. But still, he's, he's not a, a disappointment. After the trouble, there is joy. Weeping may endure for a season, but joy comes in the morning. You know, if you read this passage again, maybe today, try and think of those two sisters. Two sisters and their brother has died. You could imagine them, you could imagine one sitting at one side of the fireplace and the other sitting at the other and saying over and over, why did he not come? You know, if Jesus had only been here, why did he take so long in coming? You could imagine the two sisters just back and forwards talking over the same thing. 
talking over the same thing. If you had been here. But the thing is, you see, he's always here. He's always with his people. That's the thing to remember. We can never be separated from him. He will never leave nor forsake us. Lo, I am with you always, he said. He never will never be separated from him. So whatever the problem, ever the difficulty, whenever death, whenever sickness comes to your home, to my home, don't be standing back and say, if only Jesus had been here. Jesus is always with his people. He's always with his people. And even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, his rod and his staff will comfort us. He will always, he will always be with us. And these two, these two women, you can, I, I, you can understand what they were going through. But they had their brother restored to them. And the house again was complete. You know, I just want to, I want to finish this. There's a story, there's a story told in a little booklet, the story of Scottish paraphrases. And it tells us there of an incident years and years ago where this elder in a very rural congregation and who'd been there for years and guided the people faithfully for years and helped them. Well, one day he took ill and he had to go to bed. And the doctor came and the doctor, the doctor wasn't long in making the right diagnosis. It wouldn't be very long to the end of the journey. And he went away and he told the minister. And the minister was, wasn't very long till he came. Whenever he came in, the old man, the old man then, he, he looked at him and said, you know, whenever the doctor went away and whenever the family left me, he said, there were clouds of darkness come over me. There was blackness come over me. Doubts. And then he said, he remembered. In those days in each congregation, they sang four psalms and a paraphrase. The last item of praise was a paraphrase. And they very often sang paraphrase number 20, uh, 22. You can look it up when you go home. It's a paraphrase of Isaiah 40. And the old man said to the minister, he said, that paraphrase came into my mind. And the third verse puts it like this. Are you afraid his power shall fail when comes the evil day? Are you afraid his power shall fail when comes the evil day? And can an old creating arm grow weary or decay? And then the fifth verse puts it. He gives the conquest to the weak. He supports the fainting heart and courage in the evil hour. His heavenly aids impart. Isn't that it? He was able, you see, to bring back in his, in his memory 
The words of the paraphrase that he had sang so often, it's a good thing to keep the words of hymns and psalms and paraphrases in your mind. If you go through a time of difficulty this week, would you be saying, are you afraid his power shall fail when comes the evil day? Can an old creating arm grow weary and decay? No, that's not possible, you see. He gives the conquest to the weak. He supports the fainting heart and courage in the evil hour. His heavenly aids impart. What a wonderful assurance that is. What a wonderful assurance that Jesus doesn't leave his people. No matter what the difficulty, no matter what the problems are, Jesus never leaves his people. Listen, is there anyone here and you don't know Christ this morning? Listen, turn to Christ. There's no one else who can help you. There's no one else who can meet the need of your heart. Turn to Jesus. Repent of your sin and believe in him alone for salvation because whenever the... Whenever the evil hour comes, he will look after, he will care, he will be alongside you, he will never let you go. Haven't we a wonderful Savior? Haven't we a wonderful Savior? Isaiah put it, when you pass through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When you pass through the times of trouble, he will be with his people. Martha and Mary asked the question, Lord, if you had been here, but isn't he here? Isn't he in the heart? Doesn't he dwell in the heart of all his people? And he's never separated from us. Whatever a day brings, let us pray. Let us pray.